You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Hello, thank you for listening to Carly's Couch. This is Alexia. And this is Carly. And we are here to talk about perfectionism today. Um... Carly is a reformed perfectionist. <laughs> you already know her whole spiel. I'm going to let you actually give your own spiel. How about that? Um, so, like Alexia Sorry, alluded my to. About to pop oh, out. please don't. Follow the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Get our followers up. Okay. Get a little areola action. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Sanford. <laughs> Damn, now I feel weird. Like, Yo, he supports us regardless. He supports I know he does. Thank you for not being judgy because he started following me on Twitter too. And I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. <laughs> but then he'd be liking stuff. He'd be like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, not the ratchet tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but he is the most supportive. So shout out to Mr. Williams. We appreciate you. Next time you're in LA, we'd love to have you on, oh, on the ballot. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. We, yeah. we should definitely do an episode because we could talk about um, maybe like helping like business owners and stuff like that. Um, it's probably so many topics you can oh give some God. insight into. And so much wisdom and just advice. So shout out to you for supporting us and our ratchet tweets and all of those things all the time. Yeah, I was like, ooh. <laughs> when you start following y'all, oh, here we go. Um, so again, my number one fan. So super shout out to him. But today we're talking about perfectionism. And this is a topic because like Alexi said, I've always been like, oh, I'm a reformed perfectionist, blah, blah, blah. I made you did your own sound. <laughs> Voice for yourself <laughs> to sound like that. That's how I sound in my head when I be talking nonsense, but I haven't really thought through what it is. <laughs> You're like, <"Ugh." laughs> be like, I'm a reform. Uh, how would I do your voice? My voice of you is different than your voice of yourself. Yeah, it's a little higher pitch. Yeah, but way high pitch. Okay. My voice? Yeah. Is it really? I mean, that's how my fake oh, yeah, Carly yeah, voice yeah. is. I always think about your Alexia's attic voice when it comes to you. Like, mm. So that's my voice for you. But, um, I've always thought that I used to be a perfectionist. And then recently, one of my friends pointed out, shout out to last week's episode on calling your friends out about stuff, or not calling mm. them out, but, you know, being there. It was like, he was like, yo, you're such a perfectionist. Like, you be stressing yourself out. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm a reformed perfectionist. And mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, why did I answer so quick without trying to hear out what he said? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there's a point of growth here. Um, and then I really started sitting with it and recognizing that, I still am a perfectionist and exploring kind of where those roots come from, how it affects my life and noticing the anxiety and the stress that I get from this, you know, quality, um, this quality of trying to be perfect, trying to make sure that my work is perfect and just noticing like that, how it affects in my life and then started doing research and, you know, talking with a lot of people, um, a lot of my friends is realizing that this could be a, pre- a more prevalent thing than just me. And so I wanted to kind of explore my own journey with it and also talk through some ways that perfectionism might be showing up in your life where you think it could be a positive thing that's pushing you forward towards things when it could actually be holding you back. So when he said that to you, like what was your actions after that? Um, first was defense and denial. And then I was like, er, maybe he's 
correct. And then so I started looking at the situations in my life and seeing that, oh, shit, like I am getting stuck in this need to be perfect and started exploring different situations in my life where perfectionism has either caused me to miss out on an opportunity or held me back in completing something or just made me so stressed and anxious to the point where like I couldn't do my best work or bring my best self to a situation. Then I was like, okay, well, now that I know and I'm aware of that and I accept it, like how can I move forward and change it? To be perfect even more. <laughs> That's why it's funny. But I mean, like, um, it w- was this like real time? You were just thinking about that? Or did you like later you was like, hmm, let me think about this and like, you know, really journaled or brainstormed or like Google stuff, yeah. which sounds like trying to be a perfectionist. <laughs> so that's why I think it's really funny because um, I wonder like, you know, did you hear that and then go do something? But what's the difference between hmm, noticing that, let me look into it so I can be more aware, be in a, get to a different space like being better and then perfectionism. Like, how do you know if it's one or the other? So, I so let's start with the, the definition because I don't I don't think that there's um, well. How do you know the difference between like trying to get better in order to be perfect and then just accepting it? Is that the question? No, I think my question was. There, somebody says hmm, you're a perfectionist, and then you immediately are like oh, shoot, you know, maybe I am. But you're also now going and looking at resources and doing things to be a better person. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? How do you tell the difference between, all right, I'm doing this to be a better person, but also, like, could that be perfectionism also? You know what I'm saying? Displayed. For sure. I think it can be. That you can just be like, oh, man, I am kind of, huh? And then, like, move on. I think my perfectionism... um, was hindering me in certain ways. And so my curiosity and my Googling and my trying to quote unquote be better is more so to um, lessen the negative impacts of it in my life as opposed to just trying to like not be perfect and not be, or like to be perfect by not being perfect and all of these things. So I think it ha- you could lean towards perfectionism by trying to eradicate perfectionism in your life. Whereas for me, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm aware and learn about some techniques and tools to kind of de-escalate whenever I notice myself being really anxious or stressed out due to my perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I start like, okay, well, what technically is perfectionism? And so perfectionism or perfection by definition is an impossible goal. Um, It is broadly defined as a combination of excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations. And there's apparently social psychologists who their main thing is perfectionism and noticing it in society. And the difference between perfectionism and just having high standards for yourself are that perfectionists have unrealistic standards. And so, for example, in real time, if a person like messes up on a work project or if they fail a test or they make a mistake, like, oh man, like I'm disappointed, I messed up, but it's okay and keep it moving. A perfectionist would then internalize that and say, damn, I'm a failure. I suck. I'm a terrible person. And that's kind of a barometer and noticing if you're leaning towards more towards perfectionism or more towards just like a healthy relationship with with failure or not being perfect. The way you react to failure mm-hmm. is like owning mm-hmm. it, like making like it, it being like a personal quality, like, oh, damn, I just suck versus like, OK, like I'm. Like I, I failed that test and then keep it moving. Is that the way that perfection has to be um, manifest though? And that you're just being really negative about yourself? 
No, no, no. There's different ways that it can manifest, but I, I liked that definition because so often I think perfectionism is look, can be looked at positive in society. Like even in job interviews, well, what's your biggest weakness? Like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I always yeah. want things to be whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, like get out of here. But um, they actually came down to three types of perfectionism. Um, and so self-oriented, when it's directed towards yourself, it's whenever you have like irrational, unrealistic goals of yourself being perfect. Um, socially prescribed. So how you want to be perceived by others. If you're trying to control how they perceive you and you want them to um, look at you perfectly and make sure that they're like, you're getting their approval. And then the last, that you feel like they need your, exactly. Or you, you feel like they have those standards of you mm-hmm. is what the socially is. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so their standards of you, but then also, um, your standards of other people is the last one. And so it's like whenever you have unrealistic expectations for yourself, often you expect other people in your life to show up perfect as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's another way that it can show up. So this is like those social psychologists. Sorry, you're talking a little fast. Can you go through the last one again? Yeah. And this is what a type of perfectionist a type of perfectionist behavior of me is if I expect if I expect everybody else to be perfect, I'm probably a perfectionist. Yes. Is what you're saying? Okay, yeah, yeah. That so makes you start sense. pushing it on other people. Yep. So it's yourself. It's yeah. how others perceive you, and then also how you perceive others. Yeah. I think that last one is one of the easiest ways to identify where you are, maybe, because um, I think it's harder for us to identify our own like self talk sometimes. So like how you react to something that slips under the radar radar, I think, because you're just used to that and that's just how you are. But if you if you notice you're always like, oh, that's not quite good enough for everybody else. Cause like I know that about myself. Like, or you know, if it's like, all right, somebody can write like a caption and no matter what you write, like I'm gonna still have something else. I'm like, oh it could be this or it could be that. Um and so like I know that's a reflection of, you know, I like things to be a certain way or I want things to be great, perfect or whatever. And so that's what I kind of like want to expect to see from everybody else. So it's easier for me to see that than like, how did I feel when this happened or that happened? Like, I'm not sure. But I guess you can be more aware of that too. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that they broke it down because I've never thought about it in those three pieces. Um, so it gave me a broader lens to explore, you know, perfectionism in my own thoughts and in my own life. And just looking at how it manifests and again, like it's, I'm not saying that you should explore this because it's bad to have high standards for yourself and for the people in your life and for your work. Cause I think you very much should, like I have very high standards, but it's like the moment whenever, you know, someone who might work for you or with you sends you something and it's like never perfect and never good enough. You're also putting that on them and attributing it to them as a person. So for example, mm-hmm. like if they send you work and you're like, man, they just suck. Like, and you just have this thing, like, let's say they had a mistake and you're like, they're dumb or whatever. And you like write them off, like attributing mistakes to them as a person is the same as I was explaining earlier about attributing, you know, your mistakes as like a character flaw, like an inherent character flaw, as opposed to just a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I really do that. I just think the work could be better sometimes. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. But also I am a uh, refiner, so I'm not as much a creator as when people give me something, then I, I turn it into like more optimized and mm. a different thing. So I've recognized that about me is that I'm just a really good refiner. So I could still give you credit for like, thank you. I'm glad you gave me this because I couldn't, well, not that I couldn't have, but 
you know, that's not my thing to write this paragraph, but write a paragraph for me. I get it. And now, okay, this is how it should be. Like, let's clean this up and do this and we can make it better. Um, But I think that it is important that you are what kind in these spaces or like, why is, why is this happening? Like, why um, do you feel so stressed out about being perfect? And so, Perfectionism has many roots, a lot that go back to childhood. I fell into a really big rabbit hole when I was exploring all of these things. Um, but going back to, you know, searching for, you know, your parents' approval or, or wanting to stand out and be accepted or be loved or, you know, whatever it is. But they categorize like a couple areas that are the main drivers of perfectionism. And one of them is a fear of failing in a society where we are very much... Um, given our worth by our achievements, even going back to grade school, it's like, oh, you colored in the lines. Good job. Oh, you're coloring outside of the lines. And we all know that the school system is nonsensical in the point that it, you know, is just putting people, like uh, taking away like creative thought, like trying to make people be all on the same page because it was originally built to help people go work into factories. And so it doesn't necessarily encourage free thought and creativity and things. And so by subscribing to this, method of attributing worth as in grades like oh you passed these tests oh you did well in these standards tests like you're worthy like from a very young age um psychologists say that kids start to struggle with worth and attribute their worth to their work and what they're doing and so a fear of failing um develops really early and that's one of the main drivers of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and i think that's highly um comes from your family background even before school or during those formative years because there's quite a few times, if you can think back, it might be for a lot of people that the most time they see like reactions or love or like excitement out of your family can be because of your achievement. And so if if you come from a home where they celebrate achievement, which is not bad, like, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents, like we celebrated all my report cards or if I, you know, my good grades or this or that. But without me thinking about it, I'm equating like, all right, doing a good job, you know, gives them something to brag about, to talk about or to celebrate. Or even if not in that moment when you're out, this used to happen to us all the time, our family, um, we would be out as a family and there would always be some old white couple or like whoever else, like families always used to come and be like, your kids are so well behaved to my parents. They used to love that. And they're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. But like as kids, you see that and you're like, okay, like these are the things that you know, bring honor to your parents or your family. And so you, again, not necessarily in a bad way, but like that's how you start to move in that, all right, the things I'm doing and what things you do are going to get you that type of attention. Um, And not just because you need attention, but like that's what you're supposed to be doing. And so you're trying to achieve, achieve, achieve um, because that's how you know to, to act. Exactly. And I think the real difference here in having those, you know, high standards and being high achieving versus like perfectionism to a point where it can hinder you or harm you is whenever your performance and your achievement is is what you deem as your worth. So if you fail that test, if you don't get into the school that you want to, if you don't get that promotion, like all of a sudden you're not worthy or you're not valuable or you're not but what loved. does that really look like because I don't think anybody pass, doesn't pass a test and it's like oh I'm not worthy you know what I mean like what does that really like look like um like real signs if you're perfectionist and you don't do good with something or so it can be um okay so one of my friends gave me a really good example she was saying when she was little um she was really smart always got good grades but one year 
like the teacher called her parents and were like, yo, she hasn't turned in any assignments like all semester mm-hmm. and she's failing. And then her parents were like, uh, like what's going on? What's going on? And they checked her backpack and she had every single assignment for the whole semester mm-hmm. in her bag, but she didn't want to submit them because she didn't think that they were good enough or that they were going to get A's. Mm-hmm. And so her, her perfection manifested into anxiety and to actually taking action. And I think that that's a very real thing. And I've experienced mm-hmm. it before too, is like actually not doing something or avoiding something to the point where it harms you because it's not to this unrealistic standard that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. Okay. And so I think that that's one way. Um, to tell. Mm-hmm, one way that it's a sign to tell. Another one um, is catastrophizing, which shout out to my therapist for that word. Um, but catastrophizing is if... Every little thing in your life turns into a really big moment. So, for example, um, one little piece of critique or feedback from someone on your team at work, all of a sudden you start owning it like, man, they told me, I, I, you know, I need to sharpen my writing. Like now, I'm, I mean, I'm such an idiot. Like, why do I always do these things? And you start to internalize just like little things that aren't that are seemingly small moments, but you start to catastrophize them and make them much bigger than what they are. And so for me, that's a telltale sign um, when I'm like, oh, maybe I need to like chill out and think about this for a little bit. So it, so what that looks like is you being bothered, like if something happens and then you could tell you're like hanging on to it for a little bit. Yeah. But even like um, like if, you know, we're doing a podcast and you're like, yeah, I like this, but I'm gonna change the title to this. And I was all of a sudden like, oh, my God, like I'm such a dumbass. Like, Lexi's gonna <laughs> think I'm stupid. And now all of a sudden then she's not going to want to be my friend. And then we're not going to have a podcast. And then you just mm-hmm. start to spiral out of control and turn yeah, things into wild. catastrophes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. my brain has definitely done like things like that before. You have to be like, whoa, like what's going on? And they're saying that that is um, can be tied to perfectionism mm-hmm. in, in yourself. Um, they also is it more about perfectionism or is it like a the worth or esteem or confidence stuff? Like which thing is at the core? Is are those things at the core of you being a perfectionist? Um, I think what I've realized in like my research and where I am right now with perfectionists, which is always subject to change as I continue to learn and grow, is that you know perfectionism is a fruit of a root of worth issues. And so mm-hmm. whenever my work, whenever I define my worth and my work by um, what I'm, or okay. Your worth by your work. Thank you. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm stumbling. Caffeine mm-hmm. got me going that crazy. But whenever I, I'm defining my worth by, you know, the work that I put out and the things that I do and how they're received, like, of course it's going to demolish me anytime anybody has anything constructive even to say about what I'm doing. Cause my worth is so inherently tied to those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our, our worth shouldn't be tied to those things. Absolutely not. Why not? Um, I think that they're a big part of who you are, but what you do isn't determines your worth. I think that we all as people like are worthy and it determines your worth like at the job and like oh, for sure. what you do though, right? Like Yeah. Like you're you're still like you suck sometimes. Like sometimes people suck or you're good at something and so I think like you still need to have some kind of objectives. You're trying to get certain things done. Like, you know what I mean? Like you want to do good and do well. And so I guess it's just maybe over owning it or Mm -hmm. like it's really like destroys you if something happens. 
Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is like, yeah, we all suck sometimes, but it's whenever you start to own that, like over own that as a person, like you said, whenever it starts to just be like, oh man, I'm such a, I'm such a loser because I missed out on this job opportunity and I didn't get this contract as opposed to like, okay, cool. Like I can be better on the next one. I knew I was late. I didn't finish this quote. Like looking at it as a constructive way versus like making it a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a differentiation. Like you should have high standards. You should always want to get better and, you know, work on yourself and grow. But like mistakes and failures and things in your life, like aren't like, don't make you any less worthy or any less of a person. How can you determine if your um, goals or the outcomes you want are too unrealistic? I hate the word realistic, but I think a good one to check in with is, like assessing where you are. Um, and I'm thinking about this like work-wise, if I'm like, okay, well, I want to make, you know, 10 Gs this month, but I haven't done any work or sent out any sales calls. It's like, okay, that's completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so if I set this unrealistic goal and I'm not doing the work or I'm not accurately assessing where I am, then that's a telltale sign. I'm just setting myself up for failure. Do you think you can be a perfectionist if you have high goals, but then don't do the work or you do the avoiding part? Um, do you think you can be a perfectionist if I have high goals, but I'm not doing the work? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if that's perfectionism necessarily as much as like not being real and honest with yourself. I don't know if that's like a tale. But then you feel not. bad that you didn't do that. So like, oh, that's true. is that being? Self-sabotaging. Yeah, I guess. I'm just wondering like what thing makes you the perfectionist because there are people who like they go hard, like they're always working and getting things done and then it's just never enough for them. Um, or... Is it at the same as to say, like, yeah, I want this and this and this, but then you're not really doing it like that? Um, And you probably still feel the same, like, afterwards, like, you know, you feel bad that you didn't get it done or you didn't do it. I think that that can be a sign of perfectionism. I don't think that if that happens that that means you're a perfectionist. I think um, when you look at, like, your goals, when you look at what's happening in your life, if if you like carry a lot of guilt and shame and are all like have unrealistic expectations in a lot of areas of your life, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, always wanting to show up perfectly for Mm -hmm. your partner or for your friends or your family, like always trying to be that person. Like that's whenever you can look inside and start to do things. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of quizzes and things out there. Like, am I a perfectionist? But for me, I notice it just because I have like unrealistic expectations of myself very much in a lot of areas. And that's like how I can tell about my perfectionism. Is is because of what now? What's the um, last thing? The unrealistic goals and expectations I have of myself and have had like a be, of showing up, like always being happy and always being the person that people go to and not having bad days and doing these things. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but looking at those things um, for me. And so the, you're saying those are unrealistic because you can't do that every single day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I set these up and then I inevitably miss them because we're human, right? And then I start to beat myself up for not meeting these unrealistic goals. And it just turns into this vicious cycle um, that is not helpful in any way, shape or form in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, They also say like, so we already talked about avoiding um, whenever things can't be perfect. So like my friend who didn't turn any of her homework because she didn't do that or you not completing this project or stopping this business because you can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is this list that we're on right now? And this is talking about um, ways it manifest or ways it manifest, but also the negativity, uh, the problems with perfection is a better word, because like I said, perfectionism in society can sometimes be sometimes be viewed in a positive light. Mm -hmm. And 
these are some of the issues where it can actually hinder you. Mm -hmm. Um, A big problem I see with perfectionism is that you don't allow yourself to be seen because you think you're perfect or you want to be perfect or are aiming for perfection, you are probably going to be more lonely. You're probably going to be less vulnerable and you don't talk as much about things with other people. And therefore it might feel like oh, I'm in this by myself or um, nobody understands me. Um, but that being because you're not allowing people to see you and see your flaws, um, and so I think that could be a big piece of it as well. Like, and then you feel like, oh man, um, I forgot that second one that you said, but like everybody expects to see a certain thing or they're used to seeing a certain thing because that is what you portray for the most part, um, but not showing the rest of it. And so I think a big problem is that it blocks intimacy if mm-hmm. I'm never open to like really letting you know me and see like a full me. Um, and it's just kind of this like facade part that you see. Yeah, and that actually is also a little bit manipulative if you're trying to control like what people see of you and their perceptions and view of you. Um, and so just challenging yourself to be authentic there. I think another big negative impact of perfectionism, a problem with it is you don't take risks. Like you don't give yourself space to grow because you're so scared of failing or you're so scared of not reaching this certain thing that you can kind of put yourself in a box. Um, and if you do that, you're not really able to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you got over here? Oh, mental health. Hmm. Okay. So, well, you'll have to talk about what you saw, but um, it makes sense. I think that studies around perfectionism, perfectionism would link to higher mental health um, and suicide ideation, um, mostly because I think a lot of a lot of the thoughts around that are around worthiness, like you know, it would be better without me here or I don't need to be here. Um, nobody's going to miss anything. And so you're, you are downplaying your impact and your, you know, purpose and just your existence. Um, and it's so interesting to me that for somebody who's, you know, a perfectionist, that it's like if you're less than that, you just totally feel like you're just unworthy, um, which is totally not the case. Um but do you have any more information about like any studies or anything that link that or why? Yeah, um, the Harvard Business Review had one that was exploring the three types of perfectionism that we discussed earlier, whether it's to yourself, how others perceive you, or how you project that onto other people. And they were saying um, from like 97 until now, like they were probably like 2017, so maybe like a 20-year study, they've seen an increase in like how we try to tailor how other people see us mm-hmm. and um, be acceptable to them, especially with so- the invention of social media and things and how um, that constant comparison like leads us to this like lack of mindset and this perfection thing. Like we want people to see us as perfect. And so then people increase in stress and anxiety and um, they been able to show this direct link is pretty interesting. Um, but mainly in stress and anxiety and trying to keep up with the Joneses, like I think over the 20 years, they saw like a, a 33% increase in people who, you know, have this um, need for other people to see them as perfect and how they appear to other people. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because the moment you actually start being a little bit more vulnerable, it's, it's interesting how many more people actually feel like they can relate to you and talk to you then. Um, versus the other way around. So um, really 
it opens you up, I think, for more relationships and um, deeper relationships, the less of a perfectionist you are. Absolutely. And then um, the other another study that I thought was interesting, because they also say that perfectionism negatively impacts your creativity and your abilities to explore and try new things. Um, I don't even remember what book it was in, but they're saying they did like a study. They had two classes um, for photography. And in one class, they told people, take as many pictures as you want. Your assignment is you have to submit pictures every single day. And then their final assignment was just take pictures and submit them. And then the other class, they told them, you only have to submit one picture all semester, but it has to be like your best picture. They were saying that the pictures in the group of people who were able to just take pictures and explore and try different things were so much better than the group of people who could only take, you know, who only had to submit Mm -hmm. one picture because they had such high excruciating standards for whatever this one picture had to be. And so just like looking at that opportunity to try and to fail and to do other things versus like you feeling like it has to be perfect the first time. Another example of that um, that I've seen with me with writing is if you're one of those people who it's difficult for you to write because you're trying to make it perfect as you go, like, you know, complete your sentences and make sure it makes sense as you're writing versus if you kind of try to do like a dump and just like if you're blogging or whatever, just write it all out and then come back and go through it. Um, and I, I noticed that it's probably what you're referring to as far as like it hindering your creativity because you're not just getting the ideas out. You're trying to make it into something as you go. And it's not just like free thoughts. So um, that's one thing is like giving yourself maybe time and space just to brainstorm, put things on paper. If you're a writer, just to Right. Whatever it is you're doing, like even if it's like work stuff, um, like following up on an email, like I think just getting started a lot of times for perfectionists makes it better. But like, let's say you have an email that you need to write, like just write it, even if you don't have the complete info. But then it's like, okay, now just go in and you just end up keep going. And like, now let me go put in the info or whatever. Um, And that way you can get it done. So I think um, letting yourself not be hindered by like, getting that out, like that creativity or the writing or whatever you got to do versus trying to like control it along the way. No. And I love that. And I think that's a great way to challenge that perfectionism or um, that like analysis paralysis of whatever you might be dealing with is to just put it out on paper. Um, Another way to help deal with perfectionism or if you feel stuck or um, you know, you're scared to actually start that project or to finish it or to do whatever is, starting with your own goals and expectations, like, you know, is my idea for this proposal like realistic with where I am and how I am right now? And just exploring, like assessing where you are and making sure that your goals and what you're working towards are right there. Mm -hmm. Also um, to counteract perfectionism, a good thing to do is to uh, call out those first negative thoughts you might get or your inner critic, because um, I find myself doing this. Like if I, if I catch myself saying it and I don't really, say stuff like, oh, I'm dumb or like stuff all the way like that. But like, oh man, like, I don't know about writing this or, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. Like I have noticed that. Um, then I'll be like, uh, actually, like I start going in and thinking about what's the actual facts of like the positive things that I have been doing. Um, like, actually, I, I can't do this because we've done boom, 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 or have access to X, Y, Z and just sitting there and challenging yourself instead of just going with the flow of what your brain is saying like your brain doesn't really know exactly (laughs) um and remembering that you're not your mistakes or your successes like not defining your worth by what you do so having high standards but knowing like if you do mess up that it's not 
an inherent flaw or failure. Like don't over own what's happening in your life. Like knowing that life ebbs and flows. You're not going to hit every shot that you take. Still got to take shots, but just cause you miss them doesn't make you a failure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely set some boundaries for yourself, for other folks. Um, recognize how much you can do, recognize what your bandwidth is, you know, for different things and, pay attention to what you can actually get done so that you don't continue to set yourself up for failure by like putting too much on your plate. Um, And when you do that, it's so much better. Like I, um, in the last week kind of changed my approach to how I use Asana, my project management in that first of all, like after um, taking a week off, like I was felt much more clear and like, I didn't have just like constant to do lists in my head, but with Asana, you know, I would usually go in, there's like 50 things from like last week, yesterday, all these things that I still hadn't done yet. And I'm just like, oh, still going through. Um, but in the last week, I started paying attention, like, all right, how many things did I really get done? Let me move these, not just move it it's tomorrow, but like next week or like what things really can I prioritize where I only really have a f- couple or a few, you know, major things that have to get done today that need to really get done. Um, so doing a better job of that because it's less stressful to look at this crazy list when I just see like a few things and a few things tomorrow, you know, and it it just is easier to bite off versus going in and seeing a bunch of old stuff that hadn't been done. And so it helps you to be more realistic if you pay attention to like what you can really get done. How many meetings can you really have? If you have three meetings in the day, are you really going to do another four hours sitting on your laptop too? like just paying attention? I love that like outlook and approach to it. Um, And I need to be more thoughtful of time because I do we have an unrealistic thing sometimes on my to-do list like 50 things are not going to get done so just make sure you do that he talks about that in 10x like how things always take longer than we think they do and we try to cram things in and then we feel bad about them Um, and remembering that time off isn't time wasted and this is so important for just to take a break and to clear your head and get in a moment it's always easier to move when you're in a more centered and grounded place Um, so just starting with yourself like always and then checking yourself and how you are um, corresponding with others and, like, making sure you're not always, you know, calling people out on stuff. Or if you notice that, just trying to, like, keep it in your own head and, you know, just paying attention. Like, um, if you can catch yourself and acting as a perfectionist and expecting that from others, then you can start to at least be more aware as well. Improving your relationships, your work relationships, all of those things. Letting people be people. Um, And this week we have a shout out. Um, Brilliantly Black shared this fundraiser by Dr. Byron Young and Dante Rayford, where they were raising money for resources for LA. With the pandemic, there has been an increase in the gap between white and Asian students and black and brown students in participation and access to technological devices and schooling. And with kids, a lot of kids still being at home, they wanted to raise some money to help local school districts um, give people access to hotspots and to computers. And they well surpassed their donation amount. So, but they're still open for donations to help get kids like laptops and other things. So if you want to donate, the link will be in our, in the show notes. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the question of the week, what is the kindest thing that someone's done for you lately? Um, I would say one of the kindest things somebody's done for me lately was shout out to um, LaShawn Watkins because when I mentioned her, like, yeah, I got to talk to you because I'm, I'm going to Denver for a week. And she used to live there. And um, my other friend Cynthia's from there. And she's like, oh, cool. You know, I got something for you. I'm, I'm going to send you some stuff. 
And then it was weird because like maybe like a week later, I don't know how long it was, but you know, I had, it's not like I talked to her about it, about it, but I was just going to hit her, you know, before I left, like, you know, if there's anything you think I should know about, let me know. But I saw her right before my trip and she was like, so you still going on your trip, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, I made a list. And then she had like a full note, like in her phone and it had like the little circles, like you could check it off and everything. <laughs> so it was like food places, things to do, like outdoors things, things to do if maybe they're open, neighborhoods to check out, dispensary where her cousin could give me the hookup. It was like <laughs> multiple like contacts. And I was like, oh, this is thorough. LaShawn, thanks. Um, you know, and at the time I was like, okay, cool, thanks. I'm going to check this out. But then while I was there, literally everything on her list was fire. Like I was like, oh, shit, this really is like the top thing. So like I really like went through, did it. I, was, I kept telling um like Kyle and Damo, like when I was checking, like, yo, LaShawn really did her thing with this list. Like this list was good. And then she texted me one day. I was like, you know, you're having a good trip. I was like, yeah, your list is fire. Like I was trying not to like text you every time I did something because I didn't want to bother you. She's like, man, I've been trying not to ask you. Um, so when I got back, I had a good convo with her and told her about like the spots I went to and everything. So that was really nice of her. Um, and it was just more helpful than I expected. I mean, not that I didn't expect it, but like I was actually like, oh, okay. Like this is a good list. Like I felt really good. Um, and that's not anything I would ever ask anybody to really do. And I was just going to wing it and just figure stuff out um, anyway, which I still did using her list. But I thought that was really nice of her, shout like very thoughtful. Shout out to LaShawn. That's amazing. Um, mine is shout out to my friend Thomas. Uh, he's just very thoughtful with check-ins. And he, you know, checked just checked on me last week. He was like, hey, you know, I just don't want anything, just want to see how you're doing, you know, let you know I'm thinking about you. Hopefully you have a good day. And we had talked about some stuff last time and he just like mm -hmm. gently checked in on those things. And then, um, you know, I recently had a trip and he was like, hey, hopefully you made it back safely. You know, like let's set up some time to hang out because I'm trying to be more intentional um, with my friends and making sure, you know, just check mm -hmm. in and get to see them. And so it's just nice to feel that reciprocated and like the need, like not them needing anything from me or anything like that. So it's just really mm -hmm. great. So shout mm -hmm. out to him. That is good. Good. So what's the kindest thing that someone's done for you lately? We'd love to hear at Carly's Couch, at CC Fierce and Lextopia on Instagram, Carly Carpio and Lextopia on Twitter. If you have not, please leave us a review. And you can also sign up for our newsletter because I'll be putting funny gifs in them. <laughs> and this week, check your um, perfectionism. Think about where you stand on kind of the scale of that. Um, and think about maybe some of those symptoms. Like, are you putting things off? You know, like what things are you doing that might be relevant and related to you being a perfectionist so we'll be more aware of that this week and onward and we got you guys hope you have we hope you guys <laughs> have a great week peace